Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This episode has been two years in the making. I've been talking about my conversation with David Jacoby since 2018. I explained the process a little bit in last week's episode, but David has had a really tough go of things since his name was brought into the West Memphis 3 case by Terry Hobbs back in 2007. His life has been forever changed, and he has a really hard time trusting people. So it took me nearly a year to develop enough of a relationship with David for him to sit down and let me turn on a microphone and a camera and record this exclusive, in total, two-hour interview with the man that everyone wants to know more about. In this week's episode, you're going to hear part one of that interview. And then next week, you'll hear the second hour. So after a short break, here is my interview with David Jacoby. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we'll start right from the beginning. You said you had a pretty good anchor. You know what time you got off of work. Yes. I was off work at least four o'clock, you know, give or take five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes me 20 minutes to get home. It was a straight drive home. As usual, I go straight home. Get home at 4.30. Uh, I take my boots off, sit down, smoke a cigarette, watch TV, the news. More than likely, pick up my guitar, play with the kids a little bit, and pick up my guitar. Uh, Basically, that was a routine uh, every workday. Pretty much every day after work, you'd come home, play the guitar, play with the kids. And till supper's ready, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'd eat supper. But uh, So on that day, at some point after you got home, Terry Hobbs came over to your house. Yes. About what time do you think that was? I hadn't been home long, but I was five, you know, maybe a little after. Uh, so you get home at 4.30, somewhere a little five, a little after five, Terry comes by. Right. I knock on the door, and I open the door, and it's Terry and Amanda. And uh, I open the door and tell him, come on in. He comes in, and I said, what are you doing? Uh, well, we're Stevie, something something along them lines, you know. And he said, well, he's uh, riding his bike. Uh, he was supposed to be at home at 4.30, but he, he hadn't made it yet. And... Uh, I was playing the guitar, you know, and I, I told him, he asked what I was doing, and I was telling him, you know, I'm sitting down trying to figure out the song. I said, I know I've heard you play it. Could you show me, you know? And uh, he, yeah, I, but I got to go, you know, uh, uh, Stevie's, you know, Stevie's supposed to be home. He's riding his bike. I said, look, just leave your truck at the edge of the driveway, and he'll see it when he comes by because he's, you know, walked by before with, with his uh I don't know if it was the same boys, but his friends and sometimes Pam, sometimes Terry's sister. And I've seen them go by. So I thought, you know, just leave your truck there. He comes by, you'll see your truck. Mm-hmm. And he'll come knock on the door or come on in. So he did. He sat down and left his truck out there. And Amanda playing with uh, Victoria, my daughter. 
And uh, Victor, which he was just a baby then, was crawling around, I believe, on the floor. Uh, and we sat down and we played for a little while. And uh, what was the song you were trying to play? Uh, Pretty Women, Pretty Woman by uh, Roy Orbison. Uh, not the Van Halen, but mm-hmm. you know, Roy Orbison. Did you uh, get it by the time it was over? Uh, well, I think I did. I was pretty close. Uh, uh, behind, I, I, it's a long thing, but I don't do it much no more. I just, you know, uh, very rarely now anymore do I pick it up. It's just, it's like a link. Mm-hmm. I understand. So you and Terry start working on that song? Yeah, for a while. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was under an hour, I'd say. It was pretty close, maybe under an hour, maybe 45 minutes, you know. Okay. Yeah. And, and then he, he uh, says he, he, he's got to go. He go see if uh, Stevie's at home so, since he didn't come by there. So he left and he went home. I, I suppose he went home. He went home. He come back. Uh, maybe 20 minutes, maybe he'd been gone. Uh, Just enough time uh, to go home and look for him. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe, pretty sure that's about what it was, you know. As far as I can remember, I mean, it's, I think I'm pretty close, pretty accurate in that. But uh, then he comes back and said, no, he wasn't home. And uh, uh, he, he wanted to go look for him. And I said, you want me to help you? You know, to ride with you. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, he said, well, he asked my wife if she would watch uh, Amber or Amanda. And uh, she always did before. I mean, he really wouldn't even have to ask. He just walked out. And left her there, but she told him that she would watch him, and, and we and we left. Uh, <clears throat> drove around, you know, the neighborhood. He's he's driving, you know, and uh, we look, you know, looking, growing slow down the street, looking around, you know, looking for anybody out there playing, any kids, any noise. But uh, you guys were in Terry's truck. Yes, yes, we was in Terry's truck. So that'd be would have been somewhere right around six, you think. Gets there at five, uh, play yeah, guitar. Probably, well, maybe a little after six, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It don't, I don't see it being like, you know, straight up six o'clock. It seems like it was, you know, uh, when he came back and, and, and uh, we decided to go look, I'm, I'm pretty sure it probably took me a little bit to get, you know, get back, get my shoes on, and, you know, because I'd already taken them off and sitting at the house. But uh, it was it probably a little after six. I mean, I, I, okay. it's hard to pinpoint that time. But sure. Just, it don't seem like it was like you know that quick. It was just like you know. I, sometimes it takes me a little while to get ready, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since I've been working, I come home, sit down, reluctantly want to get up. But I mean, I, it wasn't wasn't too much, too much past six, I would say. Yeah. Once you guys take off in his truck, and yes. you, and you just and you're just driving around the neighborhood, right? Driving uh, the streets, I, I hardly remember. I, you know, I, I remember my address, but. Uh, yeah, we were driving through the neighborhood, not far from, you know, where, where he lives or I lived, and it was a couple blocks apart, but, uh, you know, four or five blocks to the north, four or five blocks to the uh, west and south. I mean, like a big square we made. Uh, I want to say it was Barton Street for a ways and uh, made our way to 7th Street. Uh, still hadn't seen any kids, but. Uh, we went Seventh uh, Street South, I think. No, yeah, Seventh Street, and uh, I think it was like two little bridges that crossed the road, or you crossed these bridges going across the road. And uh, at one of them, you know, we were driving slow and in the truck, and we light traffic, but uh, we crossed one bridge and, and we heard some kids hollering, and, and I told him to stop, and uh, he pulled over and. I'm listening, you know, and we could hear some kids laughing and playing and couldn't see them. And I, I was looking down through, you know, across the ditch over the bridge and, and I seen uh, people out playing in the backyard of the, fit, the yard that was fenced in, you know. And, uh, so it was a false alarm. We, I believe after we crossed the, the second bridge, we, he turned around and we came back and made a, which would be a right. We're headed back to the north. He made a right. Uh, now, I don't know the name of that street, but we came back up close to where he lived on uh, Macaulay Street mm-hmm. is where we, you know, wound up after we got back to, I think that was 14th Street. And his street was, you know, right across 14th. And uh, 
And we came back, I think we came by his house and there's a, another little street before you get to my street and it goes behind, I think, I don't know if it was Wilson or something like that. And I remember we went behind that street, which went, took us behind our house, my house. And, uh, and I think back, you know, that was just the one big loop we made. And, uh, right. Then he dropped and you then back he dropped off. me back off. Uh, How long do you think you might've been in the car that time? I think. As slow as we were going, uh, well, man, I'd say 25, 30 minutes, you know, we were driving real slow. I mean, he's looking on one side of the street. I'm looking on the other side of the street. Right. So then he drops you back off and then leaves again. And then later he comes back and picks you up again. Yes. He comes back again. Uh, uh, he's saying he's, he's checked somewhere and I can't, I really can't, I can't pinpoint that. Maybe another statement earlier might say it. I don't know. I get, I just hate when I can't put it back together, but he was there. Uh, he said he went, he checked, you know, was, he wasn't home. I, I, he went, he'd stopped by somebody's house. I don't know if it might have been, uh, Mark Byers or Todd Moore's. I think it was one of the boys' parents. You know, that he'd stopped to see if they were there or something. But, uh, when he did come back, he, he's, we're, you know, we're trying to guess about where he could be, where, you know, and, uh, I, I don't, it's somehow he, t- he had talked to somebody. He hadn't seen him. He wasn't at home. And, uh, we wound up leaving again, went to, uh, we went north of, of, I lived on 17th Street, so we went north on 17th Street and wound up over close to where the flash market is, uh, on Ingram, that's at Ingram Boulevard. And before you could, uh, cross the overpass, there was a motel on the left. All right. We circled around there and went towards the service road, but the service road was one way, so you had to stay back a street and wind up on 18th Street, which is right there off the service road. And then I think, uh, we, we didn't see nothing there anyway, but we turned around and we go, would be, uh, west. I think again, I think that may be Barton again, uh, off of 18th Street. We, we made a, a right going back west. We wound up going back down Barton Street. The, uh, apartments, I think we're, oh, were the apartments on that street? I think we go past these. Yeah, we go past the apartments. We're still looking and, uh, I asked him, has he stopped at, at you know, the stores? Uh, you know, and, and I think once I passed, we passed that flash market. And I remember, I think I was, you know, saying, you know, maybe they went to the store. Did he have, oh, I asked him, did he have any, did Stevie have any money? He said he didn't know, but he sometimes had, you know, some change. And I said, did you check with any of these stores? And he said, well, no, I didn't think of that. And, and so we pulled over right up ahead was a little store. Uh, I think it was another flash market or some little store. That's the store there on 7th and... 7th and Barton, Barton. I think yeah. that's Barton. Uh, so anyway, he pulls over and, and you know, and I didn't ask him, do you want to go in or nothing? I just hopped out and I walked in the store. And as I was walking in, these kids were coming out. And I walked in and I asked, Did you, have you guys were looking for this kid? He's uh, blonde, riding a bicycle, uh, got spiked hair. And, uh, we, you know, we something like, you know, we, we may have, but we wasn't paying attention or, you know. We, anyway, I turn around and I come out. And uh, I tell him, I said, oh, they, they don't really, they don't know if he's been in there or not. You know, I told him what they told me, and we pull off. And as we was going past the parking of the store, there was a storage unit place and I think a car wash. And these little kids, there was three or four little kids there that had walked out in front of me at the store. And I said, uh, told him, I said, hang on just a minute. Let's ask these kids. And I said, have you guys seen this little boy walk, you know, riding his bicycle with blonde hair, spiked? and uh, you know, kind of described him best I could. And the girl said, there was some boys playing over in this lot over here. And, uh, she pointed, I mean, I can't remember seeing, you know, I just remember her saying over here by the apartments. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've seen apartments really. I don't, I mean, just that direction. But anyway, you know, we, we go back Barton and I think that not too far down there on the left was some apartments and there was a little grassy lot right outside of it and, uh, but no kids there. Then we went back. I think we continued on Barton and, uh, we're looking on both sides. Like I say, it's going slow, looking on both sides, you know, the road, him one, me, the other. And, uh, 
still don't see any kids. And I think we, we made a, a, like a left off of Barton and, and on another road, almost like a, making a U-turn, but we was like a block over and coming down. And, and that's where I see, you know, there's a big space behind these houses. And, you know, later find out it's a ditch or a bayou or whatever they want to so call it. So you guys it. were up on, on that uh, W.E. Cat. Yes, yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, I think that's what that mm-hmm. street is, W.E. Cat. Anyway, that's where we're looking, you know, behind houses again there, you know, just slowly going. At one point, we'd come up on, you know, the yards that was fenced, maybe two or three in a row. You couldn't see behind because of the fence running north and south. He parked the truck, and we got out and walked behind between houses and started, you know, making like a come behind, go between one house, go behind the other house, come back out because of the fence and go back around. And we came upon, uh, you know, some people out there, uh, I don't know. How many, you know, two or three here, a couple here, and they were standing there talking. I think the closer we got, I'm, you know, he's, uh, he, maybe, you know, Terry might have asked, may have asked him if they seen, you know, Stevie or something, but at one point or another, it turned into a, uh, there was three kids missing all of a sudden, you know. Okay. So about how far long from the, do you think it was from the time he picked you up? You guys drove around till you got to that point up there by the, by the woods. Oh, God, that's, uh, Man, uh, it was a, it was a slow ride, uh, just, you know, one way down the other. About uh, the same as the last trip, or? I, yeah, I, it's pretty, pretty close, I'd say. And, and it's, you know, it's hard to say. I, I think we covered more ground on, on trip two than we did actually, you know, on the, on the first trip. Uh, it could have been just a little bit longer. I mean, okay. I think maybe 20, 30 just, minutes somewhere in there. I, yeah, and could be just a little bit more. I mean, it seems, you know, there was a lot of stopping and, you know, like going into the store and then uh, turning around at, uh, at, you know, past uh, the intersection of whatever road that was. We made that little block on I mean, the WCAT when we come back on WCAT and then getting out, parking, getting out, walking back, coming around another house. I think we did get back in the truck, move down maybe a block or, you know, maybe half a block. and. See another, you know, houses you could get between and go back. And uh, that's when we ran across the other people in that yard. Do you know who any of those other people were? No, I don't. I didn't know very many people. I knew, uh, I think, a total of three people, and that's including Pam and Terry, or actually three households. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides my neighbors that live, you know, around me. But that's, I, I just didn't, hadn't, you know, I mean, I've lived there for a little while, but I really don't. Other than work and home, I didn't go out and I didn't have an association with a lot of people, you know. So you come across these people and then at some point you said you went back into what you just thought was some weeds and woods. It's actually what the kids called Robin Hood Woods. Right. We, uh, right. That's when, once we, you know, got there and I get, I, I'm, and I'm just assuming that he uh, maybe knew some of these people. I'm not sure, but uh, it wound up being, you know, they were looking for, Two other kids also besides, you know, Stevie. So, you know, we're, we're talking and I'm saying, well, wait, has, has anybody, where have you looked? I mean, you know, what are you guys doing? And they said, well, we're trying to, I think it's something like we're trying to figure out which way to go or where they might be. And, and somehow, I mean, it got it. Well, somebody said they was here or there. And, and I said, well, look, we need to find them then. I mean, let's go look. And, uh, you know, there were some younger Kids, you know, I call them kids. I mean, 19, 20 years old, probably in early teens and, and some in the late teens could be as much as 20, 21. But as I started walking off and, you know, I, I did hear a couple of them say, well, I'm, we're going to go with him. And I just immediately, you know, went off towards the weeds, towards the woods. And uh, as soon as I, you know, maybe got a few yards in, I, I start seeing, you know, uh, trash or litter and, uh, I'm thinking, you know, looking for these kids, we're probably going to find candy wrappers, Coke cans, whatever they could have got at the store or brought from home and, you know, maybe calling that a picnic or whatever they call it, you know, going out at that age. But uh, uh, that's what I would, was, you know, first looking for. But as I got in there, I'd see, a, you know, candy wrapper, or cigarette pack, a Coke can, a beer bottle, cigarette packs again, you know, and it just led zigzag a little bit, you know, there and. By the time I finished, you know, uh, finding these, you know, finding this litter, 
close to the water's edge, and you know, and I see there's a ditch and some sapling trees, you know, just young trees. And so I, you were the, at that point, we know now you were right by the the edge of the bayou, the ten mile bayou. Yeah, what what's what they call the ten mile bayou? I, I never knew it existed. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I, later on, I see that there's actually there was a, a sign where you crossed that. Uh, uh, maybe it's a tributary of it or something, and there's a little sign that says Ten Mile Bayou, I think. But, uh, like I said, I never knew. Or maybe, you know, I just never paid attention. I mean, I was not looking for bayous. I, I'd, right. go, I'd go to work, I'd go home, or I'd go to the store, and I'd go home. i say, you know, it's nothing that I look for. But uh, anyway, that's what I wound up at close to the edge of, this, of the water, and it was shallow and kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, it, was, it wasn't a very, really slope ditch bank it was just a slow you know gradual fall and as you got a little bit further then you see it, how it dropped off and, and, and deepened but uh uh you could you actually you hear the water once you got so far down away from the traffic and the noise you could hear the water rolling but uh, anyway it, it, when i got up to the edge of it you know, i'm looking for anything again just something that might say kid you know that would link you to some kids uh Started, you know, I was already kind of going towards a, a northwest pattern following this litter, but I just I kept walking that way, and it wasn't very far, and I walked, you know, towards the edge of the water. I see some, you know, little patterns, and you can tell, I mean, bicycle tracks. And, uh, mm-hmm. and But I didn't notice any footprints, but there was grass, and then there was, you know, the edge of the, the ditch bank or bayou bank, whatever, and there was a little bit of mud and then more grass and mud, just back and forth. I never picked up any shoe prints or anything. It was just tracks, and they Bike wasn't tracks. yeah, they wasn't deep. So uh, the tracks weren't deep. No, they were they were more like. Uh, I mean, I, it's you know hindsight kind of gets you you know because it, it, you know what you've seen then, but it was like somebody just pushed the bike along and not sat on it because it it wasn't deep and and actually the mud as I walked you know through the mud between the the mud and the grass that's. You know, on the bank, you, you you start to build up mud on your shoes, and, mm-hmm. and it was thicker. And I didn't see that, you know, around the tracks. So, you know, that kind of it, it kind of told me the mud was a little bit hard, and it would take you know a bit of weight to press down to make the tracks as if somebody was riding a bike. So to me, it, it was somebody had pushed the bike. You know, but there wasn't enough mud wide enough to see if somebody was right, walking beside it. exactly. You couldn't really pick up no footprints or nothing. You just see the bike as if it just rolled by itself down there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and we just follow it, and you would you would lose it for a minute, and that's only because there was grass in that area, and then all of a sudden you'd pick it up again when there was, you know, any distance at all that was mud or, you know, wet, dirt, whatever. But it just... It, I don't know. It, it didn't dawn on me or anything. It was just more like, you know, well, maybe this is the way he went. But anyway, I, I walked it. I tracked it as far as I could. I, I come up within 15, maybe 10, 15 feet of this uh, pipe going across the water. And then there was nothing. And I thought, well, you know, you, you see it, it stops. And then you see to your left is a hill going up out of the little wooded area. And, uh, you think that's probably what happened. They just walked up the bank with the bike, maybe, you know, he couldn't ride it up the hill or something. So, well, as I, you know, kind of walk up the hill a few feet and you come level with the pipe, I noticed there was what looked to be footprints going across the pipe with no bike tracks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what the the footprints on the pipe, what, how would you describe those? Just blotches of mud, like uh, like mud stepped to your feet. You know, it built up, built up. Maybe you couldn't, I couldn't determine the size if it was, you know, uh, a kid, a adult, or a teenager. It was just big blotches where they, you could see a, a walking pattern going across it. That pipe had, there was a pipe and a rail on either side. Where, where were the tracks? The, the tracks was on the pipe, on the top of the pipe. And that's what, pipe. yeah. And I, you know, and I, I do recall that throwing me for a minute. I'm wondering how could a, you know, how could that kid take his bike across? So he would have to pick it up and walk with it because I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking down at, and if I recall correctly, it's the pipe may be a 16, 18 inch diameter and maybe eight inches away on each side was a, was looked like an I beam with maybe a four inch flange. And that's, and there's no tracks there. There's, mm-hmm. you know, cause, I mean, you, I can see putting a bike on that flange and walking the pipe or a bike on the pipe and walking the flange, but there was only tracks going across the top of the pipe. Right. There wasn't that, just like if it was yesterday, there was no tracks on either one of those, those flanges. It was on the pipe. Did the track, did it look like multiple sets or like there was one yeah, set? It looked like one set. I mean, you know, that I can remember at the time too that that didn't, it didn't dawn on me, you know, cause I, I just learned we was looking for three kids, but somehow, you know, that escaped me. And then I, I remember turning back and looking and I thought, well, that, if there's three kids, that's only one set of tracks as far as I can see. I don't think, you know, eight year old could go up there and follow his friends and keep those same tracks without, you know, Right. I mean, I just, I don't think that, don't think they would think, well, let me just see if I can follow his tracks or anything. It just didn't, didn't seem right. Do you would just look like one solitary set of tracks going one across? One, so, like one person walked across that track and that's it. And uh, no bike unless they held it up and over their head and, and walked it. And I knew, I didn't think no eight year old could do that. They said you couldn't tell what size. I, I just wanted to point out, there was one book written, I think by John Douglas, where I think he had, said that you had said or thought that you had said that it looked like little kid size prints. Is that accurate? Well, no, not really accurate. I don't, I don't, I remember I said the way I'm remembering it. I said that don't look like it could have been a little kid's foot unless maybe this mud had, you know, had, had, had stuck to his feet so much, but I mean, it would weigh so much. It was just kind of, it was kind of odd. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. and that's why I said I, it's hard to determine. If I'm looking at kids' footprints or uh, teenagers or an adults, because I was looking kind of at my feet and it was caked with mud, and so it's I'd have to know for sure this whoever pushed this bike, you know, was walking through the mud here and went across, or maybe somebody come from the other direction with muddy feet and went across. It was hard to mm-hmm. I, mean, I couldn't just all you know is a set of prints. All I know is a set of prints. But. Do, you, do you remember the, the color? Because what I've noticed when I was there is. There were kind of different colored mud in, in different places. So you were walking up on the bank, and from what I remember, that was always kind of a dark, was, dark brown colored mud. Right. There was there, the, the mud on the pipe was kind of a beige color. It was a, a tannish beige color. It wasn't dark mud. It was, you know, as I recall, it was beige. It was kind of a light, like a lighter brown color, or tinted. Yeah, it was lighter. Yeah. Would you say it's lighter color than what was on your shoe? Well, I, yeah, I would, yeah. I, and it, it kind of, I mean, I, I didn't at the time think, of, you know, wow, that's a different color of mud or anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thinking back, yeah, it, it was, it could have been a mixture of something, but it was, uh, like I say, it was kind of a beige color. And, and yeah, there's, it's in different areas. I think there is, you know, different, I don't know if it's where the water stays the most or where it don't. But something there is a difference, I believe that uh, that maybe you could you know come to the conclusion that it came from a certain area. But to me, like I said, and I could be wrong. It could have been uh, somebody pushed a bike to there and then shot up the hill and went home or whatever, and somebody else you know walked across the pipe. I don't. Right. It was just at the time. Yeah, I thought I was on the track of, of you know of the kids. So mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it was that the footsteps. Stumped me a little bit, and uh, uh, I didn't I really. I didn't know. I guess I, 
I thought I could find them, and I tried, but I couldn't. So did you then go across the pipe to follow the tracks? No, no, I didn't. Uh, in fact, there was kids behind me, and uh, they wanted to go across the tracks, and I, they said they was going across the pipes. That's what they said. I'm, we're going we're to go to the other side, and I said, no, don't do that. You know, I mean, the water was running and a pretty good clip rolling through there, and uh, I remember saying, man, what if, you, what if you fall in, you know? I mean, you don't want to do that. I had no idea how deep it was. I, it was the first time I've ever been there. and uh, But I do know that it was rolling like rapids. I mean, you, you know, if, if a youngster did fall in there, he, I hope he'd have some help because uh, I think the way that it was rolling as fast as it was going, she, you know, child wouldn't have much of a chance. But was it was it getting dark at that yes, point? Yes, uh, it was getting dark, and that's when I come out of there. I was thinking, you know, it's, it's pretty close to dark, and uh, I'd like to go to the other side. And uh, the only thing I could think of, you know, was maybe get in a vehicle and get, you know, flashlights. And uh, mosquitoes were, were were starting to bite pretty good. I remember that, and I wanted to get me a shirt, long sleeve shirt, and uh, and I, th- I was thinking, you know, maybe I need to get to the other side, maybe get a vehicle, maybe hit the service road, you know. I didn't see nothing. Really, if you look across there, it, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, you, you know, a thick patch of woods and then probably a hills, or, you know. You just couldn't see what was really on the other side from from where I was at on that side. So, like I said, it was getting dark. I was coming out ready to uh, try to find Terry, which I think he went off the other direction. I don't. You know, uh, really don't remember where he said it or if I even asked him where he'd been. I just remember coming out and as I approached the top of the ditch bank, uh, there was some people standing out there and I noticed a police car that was out there. Uh, there was some people standing by the police car. And as I was going towards the police car, Terry was coming towards me and I walked around to the police car and I, I remember there was a couple of people in front of me talking to, to a police officer and I, I Stood there behind them for a minute. I really wasn't paying attention to what they were saying. I was just waiting until they got done and I could tell them what I'd seen because I, like I say, I don't know if it was going to mean anything or not, but obviously they were there to help and I just wanted to let them know, you know, what I seen. And uh, as soon as the kids walked away, you know, I, I leaned up against the car and I told them what I'd seen. And I remember, you know, I see the hand I'm writing on a notepad and, uh, you know, I told them I, you know, where I, Went down into the bank and, you know, came across these uh, candy wrappers. Uh, I remember uh, cigarette packs. I think it was uh, menthol, the green green packs, uh, beer bottles, a beer can, Coke cans, and I, and I, you know, I was explained. I was, you know, trying to thought maybe I'd find a candy trail. You know, and might be able to, you know, run up on the kids. And uh, after I told them that, I told them, you know, my name. My name, my name's David Jacoby. I live at 506 North 17th Street. If, uh, you know, if you need anything, just holler. I mean, that's, I mean, I already, you know, it already had in my, had in my mind that I was coming back anyway. So, uh, you know, I thought probably the right thing to do anyway. But. So you were going to get long sleeve shirt, yes, flashlights. Yes. And, uh, and I, the people that were standing around the car, did you recognize any of them that time? I really didn't recognize any of them, but uh, towards the, I'm going to say towards the east. Uh, of the car, uh, at a, at not very far distance away at all, maybe, you know, 20, 30 feet. As I remember the best, I seen, uh, Mark Byers and, and, and a woman, but I, I I've never really seen a up close picture or, or seen his wife up close, but it's just, it's, it's not, I'm not, I always assumed that she had black hair, so maybe she died at the time or something. I don't remember, but it did, it just didn't seem like. It was marking Melissa. It was marking somebody else. You know, I, I I try over and over to picture that, and I just don't see. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I'm telling you, Mark Byers was there because he was he was like he was agitated and he was hollering. You know, find my fucking kid, and that just. I mean, I I mean, I can remember thinking to myself, man, why do you act like that? But he's always acted that way, as far as I can tell, and as far as I've been told, and, and as far as I've noticed him, I've seen him a few times. I've. Uh, not personally want to introduce myself, talk to him. I just like, I've been inside a store and I've heard him, you know, rambling on and mm-hmm. talking some wild, crazy stuff, but that just, you know, helped find my fucking kid. I mean, it's like he was looking towards that cop car, speaking to them or yelling at them, but I mean, uh, that's, 
I'm certain that's what I heard right. by my fucking kid. You know? uh, and so you and I earlier were trying to figure out about what time that was. Because you said you thought you remembered it being more like 7.30. That we, we looked into when it got to kind of the twilight, like right. you were talking about. Right. Which would be somewhere that that happened at 8.54 that night. And Regina Meek was the first officer to respond who went up there. She cleared the buyers around 8.30. So to me, it seems like this, that interaction was probably happening right around 8.45 or so. And that's, you know, I sat here last night watching when you texted, you know, it's sunset. I, I was waiting on it because I wanted to try to figure out once I see, you know, if I couldn't see that fence or if I could barely make that fence out, there's a scarecrow tied to it out there. Uh-huh. I could, and I used that if I couldn't see him, couldn't recognize that, maybe just a shadow, but I could tell the line, you know, the fence was there. That was, you know, not quite there, but with, I'd say 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was within that. It was within ten minutes of what it looked like when I come out of them, them woods and, right. uh, and seen the police officer. Yes, yeah. it was. It was uh, May, and and this is December or January, so mm-hmm. daylight savings time and all that factors. I don't. So we're probably probably around eight forty five, and then you you told me that you then got back into Terry's Terry's truck. truck. We got back in the vehicle. Uh, like I say, I, Terry, when I was coming up to the police car and walking around, I've seen Terry coming. There was three or four people, you know, with him, and he was walking towards me. When I got done talking to the police officer, I turned around to look for the truck because I, we had left it sitting in front of somebody's house. I mean, I don't know the people, and I don't know if he knew the people, but it was out by the road. And uh, he wasn't there, and I looked around, I looked around, I seen his truck start to ease up. So he, he was coming up to where there was a drive that you could pull into. Uh, it's like a, the dead end of a road, you know, like the road went 30 feet from the edge of, uh, of whatever street that was we was on, but then it, then it just, it was a sudden stop and you're right there in the grass and the weeds mm-hmm. at the edge. And, uh, I walked out there to him and, uh, told him I'd told the police officer, you know, what I'd found and I was telling him what I'd found because like I say he wasn't with us when me and the others that was searching there. He wasn't with us then. And I told him what I'd found. I said, I'd like to get. Get the flashlights, get, uh, me a long sleeve shirt and, and let's find a way to get to the other side. And, uh, I, I don't know if he's, I, don't, I really don't remember what he said about the tracks and stuff, but I, I remember saying, man, that water's rolling and I hate to fall off in there. And it wasn't that I couldn't swim or scared. I just, you never know what's flying through in that water. There's, mm-hmm. you know, branches. I did see branches, you know, coming down the pretty good clip. You'd see them, they'd go under and come up, go under. And, and, uh, I said, I, I just, we need to find a way to get across there. And I said, I think we get there from the service road, you know, you work to try. But he said, he, he said, I think, he said, look, I'll drop you off. And while you get flashlight stuff, I'm going to go back home and see if Stevie's made it there. And then that's, and that's what we did. He dropped me off. He left and he said, I, and I remember telling him if you, you know, if he's, if he's there, find out where that little sucker's been and let me know, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was, it's, Eight years old, you just don't stay out that late. You know, I could see maybe 30 minutes late. You forgot the time or, you know, you was playing a game. But uh stay out that late. You know, I was curious. Where, where in the world was he at, you know, that would take him, you know, this long to get home? And uh, and he said, okay. And he he left. And I go in. I, you know, I think I may have put an old pair of boots on or something. Uh, I remember when I come home, I put flip flops on if I got them laying there, house shoes and walk around the house in them. But anyway, I grabbed me some, I think I grabbed my boots and I grabbed my uh, long sleeve shirt and I found a flashlight and I dug another one out and I had them sitting on the coffee table ready for him to come back and he never come back. Uh, I, I just assumed he'd, you know, he was there and, uh, I, I can't remember if he had a phone, uh, at the time, but uh, you know, they used to come to use our phone all the time if they need to make a call. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I did expect him if Stevie was there, he would come back and say, Hey, here he was, you know, I'll, you know where he was at. And, and he would right. tell me like, normally, I guess, I mean, if I, if you was helping me look for my kid and I went home and found him, I'd either call you or I'd come back to your house and say, Hey man, I found him. It's okay. Hey, I never got that. And I remember I'd like, wait and wait and wait. And I never heard nothing. And, uh, it was getting pretty late. It seemed like, uh, maybe, you know, a couple hours had gone by. And, uh, I remember thinking I'm about ready to go to bed and, uh, all of a sudden, I, I hear somebody screaming, and, and you know there had been some problems out, you know, on the road there for 
sometime, not a, you know, not very long, a few months, you know, I guess new neighbors or something moved in, but there'd been shotguns fired at night, you know, and I thought, well, somebody's out here fighting. And I went up to the door and opened the door and it's Pam coming across the, excuse me. All right, we'll take that. <clears throat> anyway, Pam's coming across off the sidewalk towards my front door to the yard, and uh, she's hysterical. I mean, crying and screaming. I mean, there's nobody else out there, so I, you know, I don't know what she's screaming at. But, uh, I remember. I, uh, I told my wife, I said, something's wrong with Pam, you know, and I walked on outside. And she told me that this dude hadn't found Stevie, and I told her, you know, it's, it, it surprised me because it, if he'd been gone, yeah, I mean, I, why did Terry not come back and tell me that he still hadn't found him? I mean, it, you know, I, it, it didn't make no sense. But uh, anyway, uh, I just... I asked her what was wrong. She said they still hadn't found Stevie, and she was uh, she was going to go, she was going to walk somewhere. I don't know. I, I might have asked her why she was walking. I don't remember. She said she was fixing to walk to the uh, church or something where they had their Cub Scout meetings. And I told her, no, I don't, you know, you don't have no shape to be walking. Hop in the car, and I'll go get my keys, and I'll take you there, you know. And uh, and I, I, I said, where's Terry? She said, I don't know. Uh, I think she told me that she he dropped her off after work, or they went somewhere, and then he dropped her off, and she changed clothes, and and uh, she's going, to, like I said, go by the church and see if uh, she sees any sign of them at the Cub Scout meet place, and uh, I got my keys, I took her, and she directed me around. Like I say, I didn't I didn't know where she was talking about going, and uh, she pulled up this church, and she gets out. And, and goes in through, there's a fenced in, chain link fence, and she goes through the fence. And I see her go up to the door and stick her hand, you know, up over her head so she can see in through the little window. And then she comes back off of the front of the church and walks down the side and does the same thing, you know, a couple windows, and then walks back to my car and gets in and says, uh, let's go by the school. And, uh, <laughs> school's not really very far from, from my house, but I, you know, I didn't. My kids went to the private school there, and we didn't go to the public school, so I really didn't know where it was at. She guided me back to it, and uh, we didn't see uh, she didn't see nothing there. So I, I can't remember what she, but anyway, she says, well, "Let's go find my daddy." Yes, she said, "My daddy supposed to be here," uh, and she said, "Let's go find him." And uh, Terry and she guided me, which was just a little short trip down the road. We wound up under a street light on between. Uh, what wound up being Mark Byers' house on one side and, and Michael Moore's on the other side, or, or the Moore's house on the other side, and uh, there was people standing out under a streetlight and uh, just talking again. I mean, it's like the first time I met people out there, it was talking like it was a social or something, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, I, and I, she pulled, or I pulled up and we got out, and uh, there was Terry was there, and uh, uh, Mark Myers and I think the, the Moors, which I, I, I didn't know them, but there was some people there, you know, like out in front of their yard, you know, their side of the house or whatever you want to call it. But uh, they were just all talking, and, and, and it wasn't a, but a few minutes, you know, that uh, that Jackie, Pam's dad, pulls up. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I believe Jackie pulls up, and then uh, and there's Terry's. Terry's already there. Uh, I believe Jackie pulls up, and it's just him. And uh, I mean, I, I don't remember what he said. I, I remember when I seen him. You know, I mean, I've known Jackie for a while. He was a good guy, uh, and just you know, he uh, he was he was a good man. Is what I thought. It's kind of. Uh, you ever, well, you never, uh, he was kind of, I never had a father to do much with, but, you know, I, I would hear him talk and, uh, you know, talk about his kids and what they'd done. And he, uh, he, to me, he was like, you know, a father I'd like to have, you know, and I've always respected that. And, uh, and I liked him. He was funny and, and we got along good. He lived across the street from my sister here in town. Anytime I'd come down, I would go across, you know, and talk to him. You know? And I could just remember him asking, you know, what the hell's going on. And, and uh, you know, I I didn't, I wasn't sure, you know, what Pam had told the man. His, his, you know, some, you know, daddy, get down here. I need your help. Or daddy, Stevie's missing or whatever. But I know I didn't want to go walk up to him and say, your grandson's gone. I didn't want to do that. And, uh, I remember when he saw me, you know, he, he come up to me and he says, uh, is anybody found him? And anybody found him? And I said, I, I said, not that I know of, Jackie. And uh, I go to tell him about those tracks. And he says, well, where did they lead? I said, I haven't been to the other side yet, Jackie. Uh, I said, I waited on Terry. I had my flashlights, my boots, my shirt ready to go. And uh, I, I assumed he'd found him because he never come back. I said, Terry said, I'm going to see if he's at the house. And I said, he, you know, I, I hadn't seen him. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you about the tracks, but I would like to go back there and see if we can pick them up. I said, you know, they come, they start over on this south side and they go across the ditch or the, the pipe. And, and that's all I could see. I mean, I couldn't get to the other side. I wanted to get home, get, get a flashlight and, and go back. But, uh, so you guys wanted to go to the to the, to other the blue beacon side. Yeah, what winds up being the blue beacon side off the off the. I mean, I I knew where I was at in the sense of direction. I knew that there was a service road over there towards the interstate because you could hear you know the trucks going up and down the interstate. You know, I knew I was close, but I I didn't know it was blue beacon side. But I mean, I didn't know blue really didn't even know the blue beacon existed because I never looked for a truck wash. I mean, that's just right. You know. Uh, you know, if, uh, somebody was to ask me back then where the Blue Beacon is. I mean, there was, I think there was actually two of them. There was one down right before you, for Interstate 55 and 40 split. And, uh, and I think that when they first said Blue Beacon, that's the picture that came in my head was, you know, uh, a big truck wash, you know, long down the interstate. But I was surprised when we got there anyway. But, uh, yeah, it wound up being the Blue Beacon. And, and so you ended up with you, Terry, Pam, and Jack all in one truck. Right. And you guys went around to the to the Blue Beacon. Right. They followed what he said, Jackie said, you want to ride with me? And I said, yeah, let me take my car home. And, uh, and he said, okay, I'll follow you. So I jump in, in my uh, car and I head back to my house and they follow me. And, uh, you know, when he pulls up, he's got Pam and Terry with him. And uh, I jump in the truck and uh, grab my flashlights and stuff. I didn't even, I don't remember taking them with me when Pam got there. I just remember getting my keys and my shoes and jumping in the car and taking her. But anyway, we get all my flashlights, and my shirt and jump in the truck with him. And, uh, he goes back almost to where we was at before, but on down and hits the seventh street exit, which I mean, that's a, the exit that comes off the interstate and there's an overpass, but it also gets back onto the service road to put you on the interstate. And uh, he went up 7th Street, and we got on the service road, and he 
pulls up and I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking, trying to find these lights because there's, there's apartments there and you can see the upper levels of the apartment from Mayfair apartments over there. Yeah. And you can see the upper level and, and, you know, I can remember, you know, the lights, you, you just see, you know, like it's two, looks like a big two story house there, but you'll see three or four lights, you know, up that high. And I, I was looking for that as we're going down and he stopped and he stopped on the, the service road. And I, I said, Jackie, uh, I don't think I'd park here, you know. And I said, I remember, you know, a friend of mine got killed right in this area. I said he pulled off the interstate because he was having troubles with his truck and he didn't get all the way off the road and a big truck come off and couldn't slow down. I said, you know, it killed him. And uh, that's when Terry said, yeah, keep going, go on up here. And he guided Jackie on up. And uh, as soon as we get past the Blue Beacon, he points out this this road. It's like a just like a small, a short drive that goes all the way beside, it goes alongside the Blue Beacon and there's, and you get right up like the edge of their property, I think is what it was because it was fenced in. But you get right up to this edge of the property, there's a fence and uh, the fence looked to me like it, you know, uh, at one time it encompassed more than it did then because it was like an open spot to the left and it was a drive in it and then no gate. But it was fenced all the way across, except for there with no gate, and we, we had to stop because the road stopped. So you know, we got it, got out there, and uh, we sat in the truck. I think for a few minutes, just kind of talking about. It. I mean, I'm looking, you know, for those apartment lights, and and I'm telling him it's not f- far from the apartment. There's a pipe going across the water right there, and I said, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can, you know, find a way back there, and we grab flashlights and get out. We start walking, and as soon as we hit the edge of the grass and trees which it was all bushy i mean just a lot of weeds and small trees and uh basically that's about it but i mean it was thick briars i I can remember getting stuck with briars out there uh anyway we start walking off in there and we hadn't made it very far at all and and terry wants to split up he says david me and you'll go here this way and, and 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 jackie and pam can go that way and pam says i'm going with you and 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 I looked. I said, "No, I'm I'm going to find them tracks, Terry." I said, "You know, Jackie wants to see the tracks." I said, "Maybe we can pick something up there." And uh, so we we were looking earlier at a map. Yeah, Terry. Terry, Terry, Terry wanted to go, which was the direction to the east. Which, you're right. Which eventually we, we you figured out later was yeah, the discovery well, site. I, yeah, uh, it's been you know sometime later, years later that I figured out that was the discovery site. But, and and you were wanting to go south, straight back down to the pipe to pick up the tracks. Right. I was. I was. What I wanted to do was follow the lights of that apartment towards that apartment because I knew that when I came out off the edge of the pipe on that ditch bank, when I came out. I'd seen the apartments off to my right at a short distance, and I knew if I could follow that light, then I would run up into that bayou close to that pipe, and, you know, and there we have it. But, uh, yeah, he wanted to go back to, which would be the left, which would be east, and I wanted to go back down and pick up some tracks. Jackie, that's what the whole point of us, you know, getting in and going there was go to pick up those tracks and see where they led. But, uh, we, like I say, it was full of briars and branches and, you know, small trees, big trees, uh, just really overgrown thick. But uh, we went, we hadn't been gone five or six minutes and don't seem, you know, headed towards uh, the lights that, of the Mayfair apartments. That I, I hear something just, you know, tearing through the, the grass. I mean, you hear it, you know, hitting weeds, you know, sticks break, you know, like something's running towards you. And, and uh, it startled me for a minute, but I, I seen you know, as, as he got closer, it was Terry, you know, and he's looking at me, you know, saying, man, I heard, I just heard something evil. And I remember saying, what? And he said, I heard something evil. And, uh, well, what was it? He said, I don't know. It just sounded evil. It made the hair stand up on my neck. And I, I, I just, I kind of shook it off. I just thought, you know, myself, I mean, you talk a lot of bad stuff, but you know, you're older than I am and you're scared of the dark. I mean, what? What what could you hear that scare you like that? And, I, and it just it, it didn't throw no flag of it. I just thought it was kind of silly, you know. And uh, and and I just kept, you know, me and Jackie and Pam kept going towards, you know, the pipe. And uh, I don't know. It, it's you know, like I said later, years later, you know, I, I see it, and uh, I found out where where they were actually found because for the longest I thought it was around that pipe. And uh, you know, when they first when it first came out and uh, hit the news that they uh, had suspects or arrested suspects or something, you know, it was my understanding that 
you know, they were found around the pipe. Mm-hmm. And, and I can remember thinking, you know, uh, back then, why didn't I go, why didn't I go in the water? I'm a good swimmer. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it was you know, just, it was all settled in my mind, you know, to me that I should have went in the water. Maybe I could have, you know, found them. I wouldn't want to like that, but I wouldn't want to have somebody because I didn't want to get in the water to, you know, go this long waiting to find their kids and then to find out that it, it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right in my head, but it, to me it was over. They found the people that did it. They found the kids and it was all done. But, you know, uh, it was, I guess, t- 2007, I found out different. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, why it's hard for me to piece it all together but because so many things have been said, you know. Uh, I, I couldn't read the newspapers. I couldn't watch the news about it. Uh, I mean, it was just, I can't, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I never have been able to do anything. I mean, even if I'd never known them, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to watch that. Just, I can't stand those kind of stories. And man, that just, that hurts. And uh, I, I just didn't keep up with it. I, I went to Stevie's funeral and uh, it wasn't long after that, I guess, maybe October of that year. Uh, I got the hell out of there, man. I mean, I was, I was scared for my kids. I mean, we wouldn't. You know, my kids, if they went outside, they went, they stayed in our backyard, which was fenced in. If Stevie stayed with us, he wants to go out and play. He goes in the backyard or he don't go out at all. And we couldn't, I mean, nobody, I mean, you know, my wife, she worked at the dog track and, uh, I just told her to quit because I wasn't going to hire no babysitter. You couldn't trust nobody. But we wouldn't let them go out nowhere if it wasn't fenced in. I mean, and one of us had to be outside. And uh, we sat out plenty of times. You know, as long as the kids wanted to play, just sat out there and let them play. But we wouldn't let them go out front. You know, not go. We used to let them go down the sidewalk, two houses, turn around, ride your bike or the tricycle. You know, but then two houses was it. You turn around, you come back, and they, you know, they enjoyed that. But. From that day on, it was you stay in this backyard or you don't go outside and one of us needs to be out there or you don't go out. Yeah, it's just, I had to get the hell out of there. I was scared for my kids. I mean, uh, plain and simple, you know, and uh, that's what we did. We packed up and we left. Let's go, um, if we can, go back to when you guys were in those woods. Did you ever make it to the pipe on the yeah, yeah, eventually we did. It took a while. Uh, actually, I mean, we uh, tried to follow the lights, but it got so thick and there's so many briars. I mean, we had to go a little bit further east and back, I mean, a little, a little bit further west and back, back around, you know, to get around all the briars. And, uh, it took us a little while, but we finally made it down there and it was, it was so grassy on that side, I think because the, the the bank was steeper. It was like hills back there. You know, you'd go up a little bit, down a little bit, and, you know, and you'd run into more briars. So we had to zigzag our way through there. And uh, once we got there, uh, you could see the tracks, but there was more tracks then. By then, you know, and, uh, and I just... Did you see the tracks where, like, on the ones on the pipe? Yes. But there was more There was the- more everywhere when we got there. There was more on the pipe. There was more. There was some on each side of the pipe on the on the flanges. Uh, yeah, at this point, you're like 1130 midnight. Or oh, something. yeah. It's yeah. It's it's probably it's probably. Yeah, it's it's close to midnight because uh, I yeah. I, I, and I can remember, uh, you know, you, you could get in certain spots. You could see a little bit and you'd move a little bit and you couldn't see. And then you could see. And I, and I remember seeing. You know, looking up in there, that's full moon. But uh, the foliage in some places was thicker and some places was thinner. So, you you know, you could probably see a shadow and then you might move five foot to the left and you could actually see it's a person and then you move, you know, a little bit more and then you lose it because, you know, I guess you lose the light. But uh, Did you see any bike tracks? On I did not see, no, not no bike tracks, period. None at all. And uh, Did you guys see any other people back there? When you were in those woods? Man, I did not see nobody on the backside of there except Terry and Jackie and Pam and myself. Now, you could hear people, but to me, it sounded like they were on the other side. 
or it may be down at the apartments or maybe down at the truck stop. But I mean, the, the voices and things you hear, it, it wasn't nobody close, you know, that I could tell, uh, that I could remember. But, uh, so after that, after you guys looked in the woods, you went to the pipe, no more bike tracks. You could obviously some other people had been across the pipe. Yes, they have. Yeah. Terry goes over to what we know now as the discovery site, comes back, says something's evil back there. And wasn't gone, you know, I say six minutes, I could have, you know, one or two minutes more, one or two minutes less, but we few had. A few minutes. Either. Yeah, yeah, a few minutes. And, uh, and comes running back with that. I, I, that's still, it's a stumper to me. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear nothing. I mean, you know, so we, we, we wasn't that far apart. To me, you know, later on, you know, I, I'm thinking, especially when this comes back, uh, you know, these kids didn't do it. The ones that was convicted, uh, you know, I, I, I've thought about it a million times and uh, tried to relive it. I don't know what he was saying. I mean, that's, that's he's, fuck, I don't know, uh, probably in his 40s. I don't know how old he is, but he's older than I am, a few years. But uh, to be that age and to talk, the, the talk he talks, you know, you, I don't know what it would take to, to really scare somebody like that and what you would have to hear because I, I didn't hear it. Uh, I, I really I heard nothing, but, you know, as I'm, as I'm walking, I'm talking, you know. I'm, I'm talking even more to Jackie and myself, just trying to talk it out more. What could happen? Where could he be? What would he have done? Or, you know, trying to come up with answers. I mean, trying to figure out what you need to do, what you need to look for, uh, you know. So after, after that... Is that when you were done that they took you home? Yeah, it was some time after that. I mean, we stood there for a long time, uh, Jackie and I and Pam and Terry, and, and you know, talking about the tracks, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking, well, them kids went ahead and went across after I left, the best I can figure. You know, I never thought uh, while I was going at the house, I mean, this was all, none of this was taking place in my head. You know, mm -hmm. I'm thinking Terry went home. Uh, Stevie's there. He probably busted his ass and went to sleep, and and you know that's it until Pam come up, and then it's, you know, I mean, once I seen how she was, it just, it's hard. I mean, to me it is. I mean, when I see somebody like that, you know something's happened. You know, there's, it's just a, a feeling. I mean, you get ain't, you know, I'm I, mean, I don't know what's happened, but something's happened that, you know, she's hysterical like that, and I'm. I'm I guess maybe it's trying to sink in. Something's done happened, but I'm trying, you know, ask, you know, well, why are you acting like that? Because, I mean, I've seen some just act that way for a little nothing. I mean, or what you might think is a little nothing, but it might be something to them. I don't know. It was just one of them confused, you know, things going on in your head, you know. And it, 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 it maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe if, if I could, if I would have took it a little more serious, maybe, you know, uh, I should have went out on my own. Why should I should have waited? Uh, to be honest with you, but I think by the time anybody was asking you for help, it was already over. I had to shut down the interview at this point and take a break because David was getting so emotional that he could barely concentrate. The entire process of getting to know me and reliving these events and recording this interview was extremely stressful on David. So at this point, we took a break, we had a cup of coffee, cleansed our palates, and then we sat back down and recorded another hour of interview that you're going to hear next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing and sound engineering by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. I'd like to thank Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kaywood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. 
On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month. We also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, through the Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. Lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. The most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email, theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. I personally can be found on social media at Bob Ruff Truth, and Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.